Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Now on Food FM, you're listening to Bread and Butter with Caroline Kenyon. Caroline and her guests make sense of the world through food, from politics to farming, making and cooking. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Hello and welcome to our latest edition of Bread and Butter. I am really delighted to welcome our guest today. It's Theon Leitenberger. Theon, I think you might be our very youngest guest on Bread and Butter. So tell us about you. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So I'm 15 years old and I'm living in the northwest of Ireland. And I've always had a great passion for cooking and food and everything about it. Um, my dad's a gardener, so we always had fresh vegetables, organic vegetables coming to the kitchen. So that's kind of where it started. I just always loved being able to make food for myself. And I think it's so important for young people to know how to cook food. Wonderful. So that's really a very modest introduction, Thin, because I think mm-hmm. when you actually rang me and uh, absolutely 10 out of 10 for initiative on picking up the phone to us, you said that you're running your own cafe. And I thought, that's oh, amazing. Yeah. What was I doing at 15? I was probably um, reading some kind of silly trashy magazines and um, talking about boys. Tell us about your cafe. How did that all come about? Oh, yeah. So I'm living in a very rural area in Ireland and there's an organic centre there. So it's like a garden centre. And actually, when my dad came to Ireland from Germany 20 years ago, he actually started this uh, organic centre growing vegetables there. He was the head gardener. So what I did there, I went in one day and I was looking for a job because I thought now's the time I should start making money. So I started off washing dishes there and then the first day she says, oh, could you make a pie? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll make a pie. And she really liked the pie. So then I worked on. And then a few weeks later, I ended up doing all the food and cooking there. And now I'm making up new menus every weekend. And, yeah, so I've taken over the cafe now, the food element of it. That is absolutely wonderful. So um, so tell me, how do you fit all of this in with your schoolwork? Because I imagine your parents have a few thoughts about that. Oh, yeah. So I'm very lucky the cafe is only open Saturday and Sunday at the moment, so I can fit in nicely. And I do the shopping every Wednesday. I do up a list for my boss and she gets it. And then on a Saturday morning, I go in at about eight o'clock. So there's no going out anymore on a Friday or Saturday night during the weekend. So it's fine. Yeah, so tell us a bit about the cafe. What does it look like? What kind of menu have you created for it? Yeah, so the cafe, it's it's very open cafe, the kitchen as well. There's a huge big window looking in, so it's very open and people can look in if they want to see what I'm doing. There's a it's kind of cozy enough, um, the seating area. There's not many tables, there's maybe 
seven or eight tables in total and i make uh vegetarian food there only i don't use any meat and sometimes i offer vegan for all our vegan friends so i make pies soups quiches stuff like that wonderful and who's who's your chef inspiration then or is it all coming out of your own your own head oh i have a lot of inspirations i one of my favorite celebrity chefs is actually rick stein he's from england you probably know him well and then in Ireland, I love Doreen Allen, Rachel Allen, and everyone in Ballymaloo. And I actually spent a week in Ballymaloo in December, and I'm going now next week for another week. It's such an amazing place. They're so authentic there. They make everything on the farm themselves. They make their own flour, milk, butter, cream. I just love that, and how everything's organic, and they have greenhouses. They're just so great. I think all our listeners are going to be absolutely green with envy that you've have been to Ballymaloo and you're going oh. again so it's is that to do courses or to help there what are you doing there it's to do work experience but it's so much more than that for me they put me up I was treated with royalty there I had my own cottage there with the kitchen and sitting room right beside Doreen Allen's house and I was working the bread shed they taught me how to make sourdough and I'm sitting into demos as well milking cows so I get to experience all sides of Ballymaloo Fantastic. How did you find it the first time you milked a cow? It was actually great. I They actually have machinery to do it, but they let me do it with my hands. I asked to do it. A great feeling. Yeah, it must have been kind of uh, slightly scary as well, because I mean, they're big creatures. and oh, They're very big, but they're actually such intelligent creatures. He said every morning they go in the same order to the milking slots. There's about, I think they have 12 cows, but every morning it's always the black cow goes first and then this cow and that cow. And they go out, they just know what to do every morning. It's amazing. That is wonderful. No, I do think they, I agree with you. They are very intelligent creatures. Tell us a little bit more about your intriguing family background, Thien. So you say your your father's from Germany originally, and he came over to have to create this organic garden. Yeah. And does he come from a rural farming background, or is that something that he came to through his intellectual process? Um, his mum always had a garden and she actually has the best tomato seeds. That she, he actually named them after the iris tomato seeds. They're huge, plum, really juiced tomato seeds. And she's been saving them for like, I think, 50 years now, maybe. Every year she collects them and then adds them and makes them better and better, like modifies them. So he kind of learned from her. And then I, he went to college for it in Scotland for a few years. And then he decided to come to Ireland and he started that. And now actually he's a few books out on gardening. And him and my mum run a seed company selling vegetable seeds. How fascinating. So is your mother Irish? She's Irish, yes. Yeah. She came from yeah. Sligo in the northwest. And and from a rural background? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you've really, you've, it's running in your veins, isn't it? This um, yeah. passion for food and the commitment to the, you know, the very it best is, yeah. of food production. So and mm-hmm. do you have brothers and sisters, Theon? Uh, yeah, I have three sisters and two brothers. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of you. And how many of you are involved in the world of food? In the world of food, my older brother, he's an organic farm inspector. So he makes sure that all organic farms are keeping up with the standards. And he also runs an organic egg farm with my sister's boyfriend. Oh, wonderful. But I presume he's not allowed to inspect your father's garden. (laughs) That sounds like it might be a slight conflict of interest there. Yes, it is. (laughs) Wonderful. So where are you in the pecking order? Are you the in the middle or the youngest or in I'm the second youngest and then the rest are all in their 20s so they've left home living in well actually yeah. one of them's living in Bristol and one of them's living in Barcelona so we're all far away 
Oh, yes. So, but it sounds like that this um, really emotional uh, engagement with food is something that goes very yeah. deep for you as a family. So it were really you brought up it. as vegetarian? Uh, no, I'm not vegetarian at all. I love meat. But I actually, I do think it's important not to eat as much meat as we do and to eat good quality meat, I think is the most important. Yes, yeah. I think many people would agree with you, definitely. But you say that the, the cafe is, is vegetarian, straight vegan. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about the inspirations to you, for your cooking, Athean. So you mentioned Rick Stein. What is it about Rick Stein's approach that you find so stimulating? I really love his way of cooking. He does it in such an enjoyable way. And I love his travel shows as well. Um, he went to Greece and all the places. I actually went uh, last summer. I got the amazing opportunity to go on a food expedition. So I went from Greece to Ireland in a car uh, over a period of, I think, a month. I think we drove. So spending a few nights in each country. And my dad, he took home new crops from each country. And I found so many amazing recipes that I'm now making at home in Ireland. And I went and told so many different restaurants in all these different countries and they taught me their specialities. And so many interesting things like found actually in Serbia, there was a farmer's market and we were late to see it. And there's only one uh, stall left and it was a butcher's stall um, and he had wild boar everywhere. He had a wild boar head sitting on the table and it was just amazing to see. And he just cut me off a bit for free to let me try. And it was so delicious. And I think wild food is actually so important that we should eat but not too much of it it's just so different to the farmed food like i was given two pheasants over the christmas period from ballymaloo and just the whole process of plucking them and then roasting them and it just you appreciate the food so much more when you do it yourself i think absolutely i think it gives you a real respect especially if you're eating meat and i think we should you know if you are a meat eater one should really respect the the creature that died for you yeah and and I as you so. say the, the the plucking and the drawing is is part of that process of respect isn't it yeah and i think people who eat meat a lot of them actually don't think about what the animal actually went through and i think if you're going mm -hmm. to eat meat you should be able to kill the animal yourself and do it yourself i think I really would agree with you there, Thin. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I waver on the matter of eating meat myself, and I largely eat a plant-based diet. But every so often, I have a bit of meat and I have a bit of fish. But it's because I live in a rural area in rural North Lincolnshire. I know where the meat has come from, and I know it's high welfare. But I'm not sure if I could stun a cow in order yeah. to supply myself with beef that might be going a bit far and I, I toss and turn yeah. on it. The more psychological thing of would you actually kill an animal if you're going to eat it or would you have to make someone else do it? I think that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make somebody else do your dirty work. I think that's such a good point. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit about uh, Irish food, Finn. How do you see the Irish food scene? Because it sounds like you've, for somebody so young, I, may I say you're a consummate networker. And oh. I salute you. But it seems like, I mean, obviously, Darina Allen is the, the queen of the Irish food scene. So tell us how you yeah. see it and how, how you might see your place in it in mm -hmm. over the next decade or two. Like I was talking about Ballymaloo earlier, I think Ballymaloo is my absolute dream come true. If I wish for anything, it would be a place like Ballymaloo. They have everything. They have pigs, all their vegetables, and then they have a cookery school on top of it. It's everything I could ever wish for, and that's why I love going down there so much. Irish food, I always thought in the past that 
because of the weather, we don't have access to vegetables all year round. Like other countries, they have two tomato seasons. We just have one where they last not even too long. But when I went to Cork, I realised it. And I went to Cork in December and there's just so much still good food. Like the butter in Ireland is amazing and England as well. And the cream and the dairy produce because of the green grass and everything. So I think we do have access to such great ingredients and even along our coastlines in the West, all the seafood we have is amazing. And what do your friends make of all of this? Because, dare I say, you are quite unusual for a 15-year-old that you're so passionate about one thing. And, you know, as I I reference myself, most most 15-year-olds are kind of thinking about socialising and fun and all that sort of thing. Are they are they proud of you? Are they puzzled? Yeah, I, I kind of live two different lives. I have my one for socialising with my friends and then I have the cooking one. But they kind of overlap a wee bit. Um, my friends, yeah, they they think it's interesting that I do it at such a young age and they actually really support me a lot with it, like trying my food and they really like it. Another thing I'd like to talk to you on this podcast is the young people and the problem in Ireland with them not ha- knowing how to cook. Absolutely. It. I, I, I mean, in... in... Britain, we talk about three lost generations to cooking. So I don't know if it's the same in Ireland, yeah, whether I think definitely, you yeah. see it going back. So is that something that's part of your mission, Thin? Yeah, I think it definitely is. Uh, Doreen Allen, I was talking to her about it. Her, she ran a campaign last summer to bring in a new subject to schools that would teach students how to cook. And not just to cook, like Haiti's okay in that sense, except for it's not mandatory and it's a toy subject. And it's primarily actually aimed at girls, Haiti, I think. What her subject idea was to do was to incorporate all subjects into this new subject of food to, like, have the history of food, the geography of food, and even, like, there's art in food as well, and to talk about where food comes from. Even if they could grow their own food in schools and then take it into Haiti, wash them, and they could see the whole process of it. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. How far did her campaign get? Uh, She got... Thousands of signatures by people, and then it was brought to the Department of Education. And what they said was, students have enough on their backs with all these core subjects, which are so important, like math, that they shouldn't learn how to cook before doing their leaving cert. That is very disappointing. I mean, it, it is, won't be a yeah. surprise to you, Finn, that you know, as the the co-founder of Food FM, and I'm involved in food in all sorts of other ways. That I just think food is so central to life, and it's pretty much the key to everything. It's the key to your physical health, your mental health, the planet. That's mm-hmm. that is yeah. disappointing. Well, I hope I hope that you and and Darina together might be able to kind of oh, yeah. renew the attack. A, qu- a question I always ask is, can, could you survive without maths, Caroline? Well, I would say that I probably pretty much do. My maths is fairly yeah. weak. So, <laughs> no, it's but even a great other, question. Even other subjects like maths, English and SVAT and all of these subjects we learn. But the one thing you can't survive without is food because we eat it so much. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also a great believer in, you know, from little acorns, mighty oaks grow. I mean, is it, it, is it possible that at the cafe you could run cookery classes for other people of your yeah. age? Do you think we'll you could find some sponsorship in, for that? In summertime, actually, I've been offered to do some cookery sc- courses. And Wonderful. they might be aimed at kids, yeah. That would be fantastic. But I think it's so important for it not to be just a, you know, it's a rather privileged sector of society. It needs to yeah. be for everybody. Yeah, I think and, so. And that's why I think schools are the perfect way to implement it. But I, I don't see why our Minister for Education won't allow it. But 
another thing is uh, in Ireland we have no minister for food, which I think we should have for our restaurants mm. and for our cafes and the actual third hand part of food. Oh, I'm with you all the way there, yeah. Thin. I'm glad to hear that you're a political young man because we need <laughs> we need young people to be political. Otherwise, we won't have change. Now, absolutely uh, on the same page about that. So just tell me a little bit more about how you see your progress happening over the next few years. I mean, I know you've probably got some fairly tedious exams, Luling, and then do you think you might actually go to college or do you think you just want to get stuck in straight away to the world of food how do you see it panning out for you i think i would like to do at the moment i haven't fully decided yet though is to get as much experience as i can working in kitchens and to learn by that like on my holidays i've never learned as much by meeting new chefs going to kitchens even cleaning up but the recipes i get back and the knowledge about which foods go together and which don't i think would outdo the amount i'd learn sitting years in college with a teacher but I I think experience is the best way for me to learn so I think after I do my leaving cert which is in two years I'm going to go out maybe might like to go to France or Germany or or even America and go to a restaurant there for a few years and learn everything then and then come back and do something with it all. That would be a great adventure well if you're coming to the UK Thin let me know and I'm sure we can introduce you to some really exciting people. They will be very fascinated to hear what you're doing and to encourage you. I think it's wonderful. I think you're a beacon to other young people and uh, it's so lovely to have met you Um, and I wish you every good luck and as I say, green with envy about your next trip to Ballymaloo. (laughs) Thank you so much, Caroline. I'm so happy to be on this show as well. It's great. Oh, it's a delight to have you. It's a delight to be here and thank you so much for today. You're listening to Bread and Butter with Caroline Kenyon. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.